Welcome to Eau Claire is Here, your place to find out a little bit more about the people, places, and happenings going on in the best little city in Wisconsin. Eau Claire is Here is brought to you by Ned Donilon, Donilon Real Estate. And now your hosts, Jane Seymour Kunick, Scott Kunick, and Jerry Annis. Hello everybody, my name is Jerry Annis and welcome to another podcast of Eau Claire is Here and You Should Be Too, here with my co-host Jane. Hi. How are you doing, girl? Awesome. Good. Very excited to be here at the Corton House. Well, we are shooting on location again and I just kind of like it that when we do these shoots on location at great places, it's usually around lunchtime. That's right. And we get some good food. Yeah. Well, Corton House, I love this place. Tell me a little bit with your perception of the courthouse. Well, you know, I remember it forever. We were just talking with uh, one of the owners and I remember back in the day, you couldn't come in here without all the police officers sitting at the, the bar. That was a good now place maybe to they're, be. Maybe they're still here, but they're undercover, I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I've always enjoyed coming here for the, especially the burgers and the fish fry. Yeah, it's one of my, one of my favorite places for fish. Absolutely. We were just here a couple weeks ago, but fish fries on Friday, awesome fish. Uh, Thursdays, what is it, two for one burgers? Yeah. And burgers are excellent. And then they added that room next door for overflow on those busy nights they yeah. use, but otherwise they rent it out to people. For small groups? Yep. You guys did that. Our family did that for our parents' uh, 60th wedding anniversary. Oh, that's cool. So all the Seymours fit in there, um, and they uh, made us great food. It was it was awesome, yeah. and we had our own little bar in there, and then we could still kind of come over here if we wanted to, but it, it was such a nice setting to mm-hmm. celebrate my mom and dad. Yeah, when I love the food, like we both do, but every year they're in volume one for the best of, best fish fry, right. best burgers, best place to hang out. Kind of hogging the yeah. awards. Yeah, but you know, I, I just, I think it's such a cute, charming place because it's it's that iconic neighborhood bar. Yeah. You know, it's right on Grand Avenue, right across the street is the bridge to downtown. Yeah. The bike path the bike. is right there, and Phoenix Park is what, two blocks away? Three yep. blocks away? Yeah. You know, so I think the location is great, and it's just a, a neat place to come and hang out. And, and I know when I talk about Eau Claire, you know, to new buyers coming to town, I'm always so proud to show them all these Eau Claire restaurants, yeah. you know, and well, this family, for sure yeah. is one of them. Mm-hmm. We just had a nice talk with Whitney, one of the owners, and we have another surprise, right? Yes, the they're going to donate um, a gift certificate, two, two gift certificates yep. for 25 bucks. So we're going to award two different listeners uh, a chance to come down to the Corton House and eat on them. Well, we talked to her a little bit about the name. I mean, I always thought, I mean, this is a place where I went to in college and, and even now uh, quite frequently, but Corton House, I always thought it had something to do with the Eau Claire County Courthouse. And she said it's kind of, this is a place where people met and mm-hmm. started dating, so courting, and yeah, so that's kind of cool too. Yes, so. that is cool. I uh, have my own personal experience with the Corton House. A fond memory of mine is when I was in college, the university shut down. And it, to my knowledge, 
you know, growing up down by the university. I don't ever remember that happening, mm-hmm. but it snowed so much that they shut the university down. But we were able to walk to the courthouse. <laughs> courthouse will be open. Courthouse was open, and we sat in here and ate and had a good old time. Yeah, so that's awesome. Yeah. Well, we would like to thank them for letting us shoot on location and uh, provide those giveaways, which we'll do a little bit later. So, anyway. Uh, we'll, we'll cover more of that on the on the backside, but real estate. Real estate has been busy. Yeah, I mean it's February. It's February. Well, and March it's, now. I guess. Yeah, now we're into March. Uh, we haven't really not been busy, and I I think what we're all feeling is we're we have a lot of buyers. We just don't have enough sellers, mm-hmm. and we're hoping if this weather can continue to get warm and spring can get a little closer mm-hmm. that we'll get more sellers yeah, people listing and you know I think I think a lot of people think real estate is cyclical and you know in the winter times yes. it's slow and it really hasn't been you know, and we just we had our brokerage meeting last week and we met with our team and I think one of the statistics that really stood out with me was the difference between the amount of listings now and a year ago I mean you know last year with COVID and in all last year, you and I were saying, man, we just need some more houses to come mm-hmm. up and sell. But the difference between the number of listings a year ago and today, it's cut in half. Mm. So there's half of the listings that are available. And, and you and I, we talk about it every day. It's like, we need more listings. Mm-hmm. And we all have these buyers that are just waiting. But you know, what do you think, in your opinion, what does that mean moving forward, having just... Well, for a, I, buyer. for a buyer, it's tough. A buyer is is going to be, at least for a little while, competing quite a bit for, to get a property. We did see that last year at this time, too. And I, I do think by like the end of the summer, it slowed. Mm-hmm. But I also think, I'm hoping this year, uh, there will be more sellers, only because last year, because of COVID, I'm sure there were some people who were like, I don't need to move if that means having people coming in my house mm-hmm. when I don't know what's going yeah. on in the world. But as we move towards, you know, especially the elderly getting vaccinated yeah. and, and, and such that maybe some of those people, I know I was working with some sellers last year. I have a couple that didn't want to sell because mm-hmm. they didn't want people in their house yeah. and maybe this spring or summer they'll feel a little more comfortable with the way things are progressing and they get a little more at ease with it Mm -hmm. um yeah and i just i mean at the end of the day if we have half the listings we did last year we at least have as many buyers or more i think more we're looking at listings that are being sold so quickly and you know probably a situation where there's multiple offers and getting competitive on the other hand why don't we have enough listings man i've got buyers who want to buy something yeah and they have a house to sell but they don't want to right they need to buy something first and not be homeless it's a vicious circle well and it's backwards right it's backwards but it's i think i think um more into spring here into summer it's going to turn a little bit i just think it will yeah and i it's just this perfect storm of low interest rates. And, yes, you know, interest rates are awesome. Yeah, so um, we will get there. But anyway, we have a great podcast. We do. Scott talked with 
Craig from Outdoor More Incorporated mm -hmm. about um, some of the outdoor activities mm -hmm. that Again, as realtors, we have to kind of sell the area, the weather, mm -hmm. and it, it, it's easy in Eau Claire to, to let buyers know who are moving here, especially if they're moving from someplace that didn't have snow, mm -hmm. that our city offers a lot of activities. And mm -hmm. if you're going to make it through the winter... <laughs> you better have a hobby. You better have a fun hobby, yeah. right? Yeah, when I agree with that. And, uh, and we do, and there's so much that Eau Claire has to offer that I think a lot of times it gets lost. You know, Craig is involved with a couple places, one being Pinehurst and the other one being the Silver Mine. But it's interesting, you know, the, the one at Pinehurst, I mean, I remember going there in high school. You know, they had the tubing hill and the sledding hill, but, you know, listening to the podcast, you know, it's a year-round place. Yes. You know, not only the wintertime, but the summertime. Yeah. And it's pretty impressive. At Pinehurst, what I thought was interesting, I mean, I remember what I remember. Right. But, you know, it was just tubing. Yeah. In the wintertime, they have a tubing area, a sledding area. They have a little area for skiing and snowboarding. Yeah. Um, they have... The ice skating rinks Yeah, there? skating rinks and a warming house. They have cross-country. They have snowshoe trails, they have hiking trails, so th there's all these different things that you can do mm -hmm. out there during the winter and even in the summer. You know, mountain biking, uh, hiking. hiking, they even have a little uh, outdoor frisbee golf area as yeah, well, so yeah. that's kind of cool. So, yeah. um, But a lot of things to offer there. And then Silver Mine, just when, when you and I think about that, we just think ski jumping, yes. you know, and right. flying eagles, but right. they now have a course out there. and. The cool thing with Silvermine is they have a snowmaking machine, which is yes, pretty neat. That is nice. But did you ever do piners when you were younger? I did not. We were not allowed, I don't think. <laughs> well, I just think my parents were always making us so afraid of things like getting hurt going sledding. So well, probably for good reason. I have inherited a little bit of that uh, with my children and grandchildren, but I did take my kids to Pinehurst, my grandkids to Pinehurst, and they loved it. Yeah. I was sitting there with biting my nails, but they did just fine, and they loved it. And we skated, and we and we sled. Yeah, did great. you Did you go? Yeah, we did. And when when I was in junior high and high school, we would go out there. And I can't remember if they had the rope tow, but I know they're looking at getting one out there now to get the kids up the, the hill a little bit quicker. But we would always go out there. We would bring those big tractor inner tubes. So they didn't have tubes there. You had to bring your own? Um, yeah, we brought ours. So we would go to one of those tire places, get the big tractor tube. <laughs> you know, the death pins <clears> that <throat> stick out. But, I, I, d I would sit on one of those in the water. Yeah. I was allowed to in the water, yeah. just yeah. not on a slippery wow. hill. And, and I don't know, I think our family had a blatant disregard for safety. <laughs> so, You're we, the reason I didn't get to go. Well, probably. Your parents knew better. <laughs> right. But we would go there and, you know, that those black inner tubes on snow, you would, could fly. Mm -hmm. But the, the trick was is to try and get them as full as you could so they were really taut but you would just fly down the hill and just we would make these trains where 
we would all get up to the top, and then you know we would put all the tubes together. And, and I'm certain nobody had helmets or anything on. No, 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 not at all. But we would do these trains because if you had a whole bunch together, that was more weight and you could go quicker. That's for sure. So we'd put them all together, and we'd put your arms and legs into all the other Seems ones. Seems like a good idea. It well, on a nice hill. <laughs> Seems. Well, we were flying, but uh -huh. you know. Inevitably, we got this big mob of about 10 inner tubes going down the hill, and you know, some poor little kids trying to walk up, and there's no Get moving. Out of the way. No, but we would just plow through people and body parts and gloves and boots flying everywhere. Again, that's why I, oh, I didn't know. go. Well, every time we were done at the hill, we would just put all our winter stuff in because there was blood and hair all over everything. <laughs> So, I don't know, but it was it was a blast. But it's nice to see that now that Pine Earth is just so different and just catering to the outdoor silent sports and yeah, such it, a great it's, thing. It's really nice out there. Yeah. Oh, the Silver Mine. Remember when we were growing up, the Flying Eagles? And I that do. was the cool thing. And I do. We, uh, we lived in the country, mm -hmm. and we didn't have much to do. <laughs> Not many people around us. We kind of made our own fun, but when the Flying Eagles became really popular. Right, when we and you were an impressionable young man. Yeah. yeah, so we lived out in the country and we would make these ski jumps, you know, the big thing, and we'd pack the snow. And Again, but, seems and, like a good idea. Well, at the time it was, but... Look what yeah. we're getting here. Oh my gosh, Wendy, thank We've you. We've got Morton House Burgers, yum. Awesome. Thank you. Sorry. Thank you so much. No, that's Perfect. Good. Thanks. Enjoy, yeah. Yeah, but we made our own ski jumps, and but the problem is we would take our downhill equipment and ski jump and downhill equipment. Again, and seems like a good idea, right? Yeah, not so good. <laughs> <laughs> we, you know, we didn't break any bones, but the equipment got mm. broken most of the time. But. Fortunately for us, we had our youngest brother, Matt. He was the guinea pig. We would send him down and make him go <laughs> and gauge. Well, we need to make that pitch a little higher. That didn't work, did it, Matt? <laughs> oh, he was willing. He was always a willing participant. Too so. funny. But anyway, we've got a great podcast. A lot of great information on Pinehurst and Silvermine. So coming up is Scott and, and Craig. Well, I'm really glad to have another podcast episode here of Eau Claire is here with Craig Manthe. He's been a challenge to get a hold of because he's such a busy man. He is the vice president of Outdoor More Incorporated and uh, a husband, a father of two daughters and a personal trainer with uh, Momentum Fitness. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. We're so yep. glad to have you talk about all the outdoor recreations. He's been a leader and driver of uh, outdoor recreation in this area for many years. I think since college, actually, I had met him through uh, one of my best friends um, lived with, uh, Andy Brown lived with Craig in college. Didn't know Craig um, that well back then because I think he was too busy, you know, out, being outside. <laughs> yeah. uh, so again, thanks for your time. I appreciate it and uh, I'm glad you can join us. Yeah, no problem. Craig came to Eau Claire first as a UWEC student kinesiology major and then decided to stay. Yeah, I, you know, I like the area. Back then I did a ton of cycling. I still do a lot of riding, but back then I did a lot of racing. So the area is actually great for riding, road riding. Not as much mountain biking back then. And then I had a job and I was just 
was familiar with the area, so I just ended up staying. And years ago, I think I'm looking at almost 16 years ago, there was a group that wanted to do a mountain bike race down at Lowe's Creek Park, and I got involved in that, wanted to help get that race here, and that involved getting some trails built. And as they say, the rest is history, you know? So started off building trails at Lowe's Creek, and then just kind of blew up from there, built trails at Northwest Park and Pinehurst, and now we're up on over to Silvermine. It's a fun hobby for you that then turned into, obviously, a lot more. Yeah. Uh, so it started, you said, at Lois Creek? Yeah, we started building the trails at Lois Creek. The idea was to build a race course. There was already ski trails existing there, but we needed to add some single track in, you know, to make it more interesting for the race. So first step was to build a race course, essentially. And then once that was done, as the years went on, we actually started to add on you know, more trails to link up more of the single track together so you could avoid riding the ski trails. And so it'd be more fun, you know, the single track's more fun to ride than the ski trails. So we wanted to have more of the single track, link that all together. And just over the years, Corba has built a lot more trails, you know. I helped a ton in the beginning and those guys continue to, you know, work on the trails to this day. And so from there, we made a relationship with the city. The race director was actually Phil Johnson back there in during that time, he worked for the city in the Parks and Rec Department. And he was the one who talked to me about doing the trails at Northwest Park because they own that land, but it had been undeveloped. And so there was discussion about doing trails up there. And so I got involved in that. I was part of Corba then. So we developed this ski trails. So we had some um, <clears throat> other skiers from the Ski Striders, which is our local ski group. And we developed some ski trails, about two miles of ski trails out there, and then built single track, you know, over the years. So, so we just, you know, maybe I wanted to live out west in Colorado or something like that, where there's trails everywhere. But since I didn't, I figured I'd try and do something here in our neck of the woods. So, and you've done a great job. Uh, all those parks. So, to, uh, two things to point out there: Corba stands for Chippewa. Off-Road Bike Association. Chippewa Off-Road Bike Association. So uh, we'll, on our website, put up some of these links. We're at Pinehurst here. So if you love that area and you want to help donate, obviously this all takes a lot of volunteer uh, man hours. Um, so they're always looking for volunteers. I'll get that out right away. Obviously can use money because it, it, it takes, you know, the equipment and tools and so that's one of the things that we want to do with Eau Claire's here is one, talk about, you know, this, it is a beautiful place to live and there's some great people that want to um, make it what it is. So, so then he also talked about the single track. For those that aren't as familiar with that, it's a narrower track that has um, a lot more challenges. Uh, the Northwest Park is off of Jeffers, Jeffers, right? yep. North Crossing and Jeffers is kind of up on that hillside. It's really pretty. You can, in the winter without the leaves, you can see the river, Chippewa River from way up there. Yep. And they have a, a cool built-in bike ramp, um, like seesaw that thing. Teeter-totter. Teeter-totter. Yep. Um, that so that's cool. That just got installed this last fall, in fact. Okay. Yep, so John Strosall from Corbo's had a big, he's been really working hard on, you know, improving Northwest Park in the last year, I'd say. So it, whether you want to walk, hike, or um, cross-country ski. Um, or fat bike. Fat it's bike. Fat, fat tire, yeah. Yep, for the winter. Yeah, so people are still biking in the winter on some of these oh, yeah. areas. Yep, especially this winter that we hasn't been a lot of snow. It's been pretty easy to 
you know, you get a little bit of snow at a time and all the riders can pack it in and the snowshoers can pack it down. So it's actually been a really good year for the fat bikers. We're sitting here now at um, Pinehurst and for a, a great family activity, there's ice skating, what? sledding, sledding, um, and then if we come over here, if you can see in the background a little bit, they even have a nice snow park. A friend of mine, as well as I was just talking with uh, Chris Peterson, to stop by because he's going to help, I guess, teach some lessons that we do. Yeah, they do lessons um, out here. Outdoor More does snowboard lessons in the winter, and we also have a snowmobile to groom things up. So yeah, Chris is actually here to groom the the hill up for the snowboarders, and these are going to be the new snowboarders, the beginners. So make the hill nice and smooth for those guys, and then yeah, lessons are at six o'clock tonight. So is that something? I mean, and that goes on for a couple weeks, I think, actually. And how do people um, sign up for something like that? Is it is it through the uh, the website I, or? You no, know, I think it is through the city. Through the city. Okay, yeah. so so this is a nice joint effort out here. Actually, I was talking to one of the city workers here that mans this shelter. So if you do get cold, you can come and warm up, and they have a nice fire pit out here. Yep. Um, I think that wi winter mission. Is it used on Thursday nights has like a bonfire um, they or something? Had, I'm not sure if they, they're not doing it as much this year, but in the okay. years past, because volume, of one, COVID. volume one did their winter after hours program. Okay. And so that was to really promote people getting outside in the winter. Cause um, you know, so many people stay inside and they just complain about the cold, but the reality is, you know, you can put on a hat and gloves and a nice jacket and there's a lot to do outside. And if you're dressed properly and actually moving, the snowshoeing, the cross-country skiing, the fat biking, this you know, hiking the hill for the snowboarding, downhill skiing, all those things will keep you more than warm enough. And then, yeah, if you get cold, you can hop in the warming shelter here at Pinehurst. Or in many years, you can, we have a fire going. So especially on those Thursday nights when the Volume 1 had their winter after hours program, which was pretty cool on a, you know, a nice winter night when maybe it's 20 degrees and the snow is really nice, there'd be a hundred people out here. So I know, yes, a lot of people dislike winter, but there are many ways to embrace it. I mean, it's if you get into it, it's a pretty awesome season. I think so, too. And, and that's why I just really appreciate that aside the city of Eau Claire, uh, you know, for winter activities, uh, used to lack this. Now, this the history of this hill that there was tubing here, um, I think in the 70s. There was, I believe, if I can't remember for sure. I know it's on our um, Piners page. Okay. There's some history on that page as well. It goes back to the 50s maybe, in fact. So it was actually uh, was a ski hill. started off as a ski hill. So Arnie Domer actually, he was the one that cleared the hill off for ski runs and then we actually ran a rope tow, or they, ra they ran the rope tow up the hill. And the poles behind us, those are actually the, those are the poles left over from the rope tow, in fact. Yeah, it's pretty neat. I think, from my understanding, there was a few tubing accidents or something, and maybe insurance was too much, and they kind of shut down. Well, I know the, yeah, for the skiing side, it just, you know, I think the ski industry is always changing. Sure. And so, you know, the bigger resorts and things like that, and I think the interest may be going away for a little while. And then, yeah, it ran tubing for a little while, and I'm not sure why the tubing sure. stopped, but, yeah. you know, same thing. It could have been the city didn't want to run it, or there was less interest, so... For many years, there was a lot, the trees grew back, and there were some hardcore people that, you know, they'd still hike the hill and sled. And then there was 
some snowboarders that would still, you know, come up and hike the hill. And in fact, there was Skip Contardi. He was a professional snowboarder for Burton, and he started at Pinehurst. He would hike the hill and hit the jumps here at Pinehurst that he built. So that, yeah. he'd start small and really kind of get bigger. And our group, you know, we wanted to, you know, we all were winter lovers, and so we wanted to get this hill operating again. And so we've been, I think since 2012, we've been working on it. It's pretty amazing for the rest of us to appreciate what what they've done to make it now everyone else to be able to enjoy it is really cool because the top of the tree line you can kind of see but it's a pretty decent sized hill for this area and um, I think on the website there's pictures of the volunteers doing stuff so they have a little bit of a fence I noticed I'm assuming on one side here so that the younger sledders probably can have access to that I'm assuming without because you get some speed and I remember yeah. when we came out here um, with a family and um, you know you get your exercise walking up that and we have a cable tow uh, we just need to install it and this past summer we did a whole bunch of dirt work up on the hill so you can see behind us we did a bunch of grading work to where the actual lift will go so they have to be a certain grade to get things up the hill and then to get people across the hill we took an excavator and we cut a basically an access trail to go all the way across the hill so you get to the top of the the lift line and you can take a trail across and you can drop in down the hill kind of wherever you choose so it's awesome and, and then i don't know if we can see from this angle but th then the cross-country skis are lit up so in the, you know you get off of work you, you can still come and enjoy um and get in some runs so pretty cool and actually live in an action here that that this is actually more than I think most than many people are even aware of that they're doing lessons they're, they're gonna he's gonna go out there and I use that to kind of groom it so it's a little bit better for the new uh, or the beginning snowboarders uh, so I just it, it's it just makes me so excited for this area to have something like that here awesome so why don't you tell us about some of the work that goes into grooming a trail even create so you guys have made snow as well right so i guess kind of the evolution of some of the trails around the eau claire area at piners we this was like a multi-sport idea always from the start so we had the cross-country ski trails mountain biking is always in the mix because we're, we're all mountain bikers as well and then obviously the winter sports side of things which is the big thing that we were pushing because it's we don't you know it's kind of lacking you know, in this area in terms of, especially like the Alpine side, you're downhill snowboarding and downhill skiing. So we definitely wanted to do that. And then with the cross country ski trails, the idea was to have a snowmaking system installed just for the years where the snow is not very great. Like this year is a perfect example. There's not, you know, a lot of good snow. Like our season started really, really late in terms of like the natural snowfall that we had. So the idea was to have snowmaking at Piners it's expensive, it's really expensive. And with the ski community we had, I have been talking to a lot of people for quite a few years to try and get this going. And one of the other skiers, Lars Long, he was, we started talking about trying to figure out how to get snowmaking here. And with his conversation with other skiers, uh, in particular, I believe it was Paul Loomis from the Flying Eagles, you know, the ski jumpers, which is another great group in town. So out at Silvermine, they actually installed snow. You know, they had a conversation that they have snowmaking equipment at Silvermine, and it literally was, I got a text message 
from Lars Long, and he said, hey, what do you think about building trails at Silvermine? I'm like, all right, so let's go check it out. And we went out there, and sure enough, we figured out we could build trails out there, and this past fall, you know, we got an excavator out there and cranked out 30 hours in an excavator one week and cut trails into the hillside so we could make snow, and this past... Uh, that this just happened last fall? Yes. So this was the first winter yep. with these trails. Yeah. Wonderful. Yep. Um, so that was always the goal is to get the snow a place with snowmaking in town that we could get on early seasons in the snow or, you know, years where there's, you know, poor snow. And so we've got the trails built and in December we actually started making snow. We actually had a nice, probably without a four day window where it was cold enough where we could actually make snow because it has been a warm winter. And so four days we made a bunch of snow. It was only a 220 meter loop. You know, we planned to get more made next year, and, but it was a start. And there was a point in time where that was the only snow in town. In so, December, uh, there was a nice little news report that TV 13 did, I saw, yeah. um, and they had Craig on there. And, and actually there's a picture actually, I think from the sky, yes. everything else is dry, um, except for those trails, yep. which was pretty cool. Yep, yeah. Um, yeah, WAU came out and WQOW came out and did a little piece on the trails. And like I said, it is a unique thing for this area. There's a lot of places in like Minneapolis area, they make snow and they've been doing it for a long time. So sure. all the skiers in Minneapolis area. But they have a bigger they, people to draw from. Yeah, and they've got like access that. to that kind of thing. So first, you know, first time Pretty doing exciting. it around here, it's, it's kind of exciting. And like I said, we'll go we'll try and do more next year and kind of keep expanding that so this summer we'll be doing a big kind of fundraising push we'll try to find some grants and you know donors that want to help out with the project we want to install some piping in the ground to help carry the water farther so it's easier for our volunteers and get some different sleds to hold the guns and you know just trying to expand things through the years to make it easier for the volunteers and so we can make more snow so we can guarantee early season snow and guarantee snow on low, you know, low snow years. Like, and extend the like season. Exactly. Uh, wow. I mean, that's a, I mean, a lot of weekends, I'm assuming. And uh, yep. I mean, uh, hours. Weekends and, and weeknights. And I was the excavator operator. And so I was the one running the machine. So well, that particular week, it was, <laughs> it was some early 5 a.m. starts on the weekend and just putting the hours in to get it built for sure wow well it's so great that you're able to you know actually use it right away then yep i mean that just makes the reward of well that and in fact this past weekend uh for the mount washington ski tournament there's the nordic combined event where they have the jumpers jump and then they also do the cross-country skiing and so the combined event they take their jump and then their you know their ski time and then that's what determines their winner and they were actually able to use the Silvermine Trails. So that was the first event that got to use the Silvermine Trails. Wow, wow. So, was very cool. man, just it all came together, I mean, and got used on a high level. And that had yep. to be really fulfilling to, to see that come to yep. life. Yeah. Pretty neat. And a lot of the, you know, the local kids, we've got Chippewa Valley Nordic Ski Team. You know, that's kind of a big motivation to get. Which these. your daughters are yep. in, right? Well, um, my older daughter's on the team, and then my younger daughter, she'll be on the team eventually as well. Oh, okay. But, you know, that's a motivation to get these kids onto, you know, skis early in the year so they can get their training in. 
Sure. If, without that snow this year, they would have had to travel, you know, two hours north to the Berkey Trail or hour and a half to the west over to the cities. So it'd be a lot more driving versus driving, you know, 15 minutes over to Silvermine. And, you know, you can do it in the evening, you know, keep it really easy. That's great. If you haven't tried uh, skate skiing for cross country, it really is fun. It once you got to figure out the technique, so be patient with yourself because I was like fighting against myself at first and working twice as hard as I yeah. needed to. Otherwise, you know, I do think the the classic traditional skiing is very relaxing, a great way to get out. And uh, you, you ever done the Berkey? Yeah. Yeah, many times. I I've imagine. done. I've done twelve. Okay. So this will be my thirteenth. Do you make uh, snow out here then as well? Did you did no? We said? don't make snow at Pinehurst yet. Once we get our lift installed, I think people get excited. I can see a point in the future at some time when we probably would want to make snow. Sure. Like I mentioned before, it's expensive. You know, a, a pump to push the snow can be quite expensive. You know, those some of those pumps are twenty thousand dollars plus for just a pump. Sure. Then you have to have the controls to run the pump and things like that. Yeah. Um, we would have to use hydrant water, so for water from a water hydrant, which tends to run a little bit warmer than you'd want to. When you make snow, you want the water to be as cold as possible. You know, when you blow it out into the air, it freezes and falls as snow. So the colder the water, the easier it is to make snow. Um, so with hydrant water, we'd probably have to potentially get water coolers. There's technology to cool water down before it actually goes out the gun. So. That's probably a ways down the road. Like I mentioned, it can be a little bit pricey. So again, if you, um, I, they have a lot of great sponsors. If you look on their website, obviously that is awesome that people have invested in the community, but always looking for more help, of course, um, especially if they want to go to the next level with some of that. Um, yeah, we've got a lot of plans for this next year. You know, we'll add water pipe, and then we would like some dedicated grooming equipment for out at Silvermine. So. Again, everything's volunteer driven, so the easier it is for the volunteers to do the work, the more work we can actually get done. So sure. if it's easy to get the water out to where it needs to go, the you know, the volunteers don't have to work quite as hard. Snowmaking's not easy. It was hard work, you know, and you gotta run it overnight when that's the, that's the coldest time to do it. So and if we've got grooming equipment on site, you know, a volunteer can just zip out there quick and groom the trails up and instead of having to haul things on a trailer, so it's just a lot easier on the volunteers so efficiency trying to get things as efficient as possible for the volunteers that are overnight you know when it's five degrees or zero that's the best time to make snow but it's but then somebody's pulling an all-nighter and that's exhausting but you know all these skiers are dedicated they want yeah, to they do love that it. Sort of they want to so. get out there and be able to do it right in their backyard right here yeah and it's kind of fun it's you know it's fun to see that snow come out and see it pile up on the ground i mean there's a tangible result of your work yeah so it's definitely kind of fun like that for sure what else should we hit on that we've missed uh like i mentioned before you know we're all everything's volunteer driven everything done at Pinehurst is volunteer driven everything we're doing at Silvermine is all volunteer Silvermine being new we're kind of even still developing kind of our volunteer core of people so anybody who's interested in helping would definitely take volunteers you know people that are you know want to help out and get things going and like we mentioned before the fundraising you know this stuff is, is pretty expensive so if people have got connections or you know people want to donate themselves we're always looking for individuals and companies that want to sponsor and help make these things become more of a reality yeah it's really a partnership and if you want it 
you got to get to work and Craig's done a great job of that and all the other volunteers so we don't want to I mean there's just a lot of them and I think that if you look on there you can see there's a board of directors I think yep. and uh, there's a lot of people put in time so people like you know we always say oh it takes a lot of time I, I think you can put in even if you have I did come out here I will say I can't forget I came out here once and did an afternoon they were putting down some like the erosion mat yes yep. yes the erosion mat I guess uh, and that's I did I can say that I I got an afternoon in and it's I would like to do a lot more here every hour helps every hour helps for sure well we want to um, thank Craig for his time but uh, to promote what's going on here in all the work that they've done check it out at least and get involved if you can uh, Craig so thanks so much I really appreciate no your time yeah so we'll do it again when we can talk um, in the summer and, and we'll talk more about biking. How about that? That sounds good. Great. Cool. Awesome. Well, that was a fun interview with Craig and Scott mm -hmm. and learning a little bit more about what Pinehurst has to offer. Yeah. And, and Silvermine. I'm, I'm excited. I'm anxious to see how they develop it. Mm -hmm. You know, they get that rope toe in and, and even that snowmaking, you know, at Silvermine. Maybe yep. that comes over to Pinehurst as well. But I know he did talk about community involvement and volunteering. So I think that'd be a great thing. If, if you have a group or an organization that needs some community hours, that would be a phenomenal thing to yeah. put your group and get involved with. So, yeah. But tons of places yes. out there as well. Yeah, I mean, we were sitting here thinking about all the other places in Eau Claire where you can kind of enjoy some outdoor fun like Lost Creek Park yeah. which is you've awesome. been there I've been there yeah. cross-country fat bike um, and hiking, hiking. Yep. yeah yeah I've done that in both I've done it during the winter and even in the summer and mm -hmm. I mean, that, that's beautiful and Beaver Creek I mean that's just just a little bit past Altoona and uh, have you done Tower Ridge I have that's so cool. beautiful so many trails and, and just it's my favorite place to yeah. be in the fall yeah because it's so beautiful mm -hmm. out there yeah and then we've got northwest park which was another place and then area 178 you have not been there i've seen you? it <clears throat> yeah because it can you get to it through the zoo um you know that's probably irvine because there's a nice trail through there by a dam and mm -hmm. all that, but I, I haven't been on Yeah, that. that Area 178, I have a uh, friend who told me about that, but that's right off of Seymour Cray. Oh, I know what you're talking yeah, about, you yes. Yeah, you park there, and just these trails that go through the woods, but all of these parks seem to have trails along the creeks or the dams or the rivers, and mm -hmm. it's just beautiful, yes. beautiful, beautiful. Area 78, Centennial Park was another cool one in Altoona. We'd walked River Prairie Park and even Carson Park. It's just gorgeous. Yes. So, yeah, we're so. very fortunate. Yeah, we got another a lot of good selling point about living in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Yeah. And, and I think we're going to put these on our website and have links. And, um, just a lot of different choices to do things outside. Yeah. So. Well, we want to thank, of course, Craig for taking an interview with Scott, so we could all learn a little bit more about those outdoor areas and. We love being here at Corton House and thank them for letting us come and sit here and yeah. chat a little bit and, well, and eat a burger. Eat, we get good food and plus we are going to have another giveaway, so that's awesome. And then, yeah. of course, we better thank our boss. Ned Donnellan for sponsoring yeah, right us. Yeah, right on. Thank you, Ned. Appreciate it. Thanks for joining us for another podcast of Eau Claire's Here. You should be too. And we'll see you next time. 
Peace out. Peace out. Thank you for listening to Eau Claire is Here. The best way to support this podcast is by subscribing, giving a five-star rating, and writing a review. Find out more at